0: welcome to the work in progress podcast where we keep our whip in check and now here's michelle certified coach and founder of strive coaching studio hey everybody welcome today i decided to address the trendy term that's flying around and has been for a little while now um called quiet quitting. I tend to not want to jump onto new trends too quickly. I like to wait to see how they shake out, whether they have really any glue that they're going to stick to, um, watch how the reactions of the world begin to take shape. I'm just usually not somebody who is big on jumping on a bandwagon with a position on these kinds of things typically. But it seems like this one is sticking and growing some legs and maybe even working, working itself through right now. So I thought it's worth establishing some points about it from the leadership and pro-positive culture perspective that I love to defend every day. So I think the whole topic deserves a little bit of my history first, and as a foundation to where I go with this, which is that anybody who knows me knows I started my own small home building company back in 2008, which was in the middle of the Great Recession. And at the time I started my company, I had been working for a very large corporation with a high level position at a division, And one of the main reasons I was willing to jump in headfirst to start my own company was because I was working 70-plus hours a week. I never saw my two-year-old at home. It still never seemed to be enough to keep up, though. So it was a lot. Now, to be fair, I was a lot younger, it's also very likely that I wasn't my best at managing my time in that season of my life with a toddler and the balance that I needed to master. However, I left because I thought I had no balance, no life, and thought I had nothing to lose at that point but to take the risk. And I was right. It worked out well for me. It was well worth the risk but it didn't have to be that way. And I committed to creating a company that would not be that way for myself or anyone else who worked for me. And I accomplished that successfully and I'm extremely proud of that. And I worked hard for myself, but I had and I never have worked for a more demanding and insatiable situation as I did before that when I left that position. Now, there were many reasons that my company was successful but one of them, was because I could offer an advantage that most of the big companies could not and would not be willing to at that time. And that was when work-life balance was beginning to really become a term that was really beginning to gain traction. My people worked for me because they were incredibly talented. They did work hard, and they just didn't want to work in a culture that demanded so much of them continually ongoing over and over forever and ever. And so that was the beginning of a small movement where there was the big demand for a for culture of companies to improve. Now, some began to make those changes necessary and meet the demands of the employees and cultures did begin to make shifts in that direction around that time. And then the pandemic hit and it rocked everything. And while we had no idea what was going to happen or how long it would last, there was one thing that everyone knew that it would never be the same in the workplace again that the quote-unquote new normal was a term that was used before anyone even knew what the new normal was or would be or could be we couldn't even imagine what that would be i'm not sure we still know right now as of the recording of this podcast and in my opinion quiet quitting is a symptom of what was already brewing before the pandemic that was exasperated by the pandemic through to this other side. Quiet quitting is not a shock at all. It's the voice that's telling the business world, the corporate world, what it's willing to accept. It's putting its foot down. It's standing for a new boundary and requiring more of companies and work life from now on. Add to that the labor and talent shortage reality that every company is facing and the world is all ears paying attention to that voice. Companies that have been slow to adjust and change their thinking that everything would go back to the way it was before are hearing a message that they weren't prepared to hear, but may be left with no choice but to listen. Now having a position about quiet quitting isn't the main purpose of this message, rather It's worthwhile to outline some of these points and address it for the reality that it's become. If we wanna know how to win in the quiet quitter post-pandemic new normal world, we must first look at the culture that we stand for as leaders of our companies. What do you value? What is important? If the almighty dollar is the only thing that matters, and maybe it does for you, then I would offer that based on the times that we're in, Adjusting your culture and your leadership, your workplace expectations and more is a worthwhile exercise in an effort to protect and likely even maximize your bottom line. For most though, as companies, you likely do care about more than that too. And there are other very important and genuinely valuable priorities that you have as an organization, especially since they don't need to live independently from each other. They have a great opportunity to coexist and support each other in ways that create thriving, successful companies and cultures as a result. Now is the time to truly own those and incorporate them into your culture on a far more significant level than you ever have before. You can have both. It's not an either or. It's not bottom line or work-life balance. It's not bottom line or culture. They can coexist in the same place. And if you truly want to address and work through the quiet quitters and the movement itself, the best way to do that is to start with developing the leaders you have in your organization. Evaluating whether you have the best team that matches the the culture you want to create and then supporting their development into this new world will be critical to winning in it. I would challenge companies to ask much tougher questions of themselves. One, what do we really truly stand for as a company to serve business, the business, the bottom line, and the culture, the people, the humans who work here? Number two, what is the expectation of our new normal based on the circumstances we have in front of us right now? And number three, finally, how can we create an incredible culture that not only appeals to top talent, but inspires them to excel and push themselves further than they believe they are even capable? The well-thought and strategic answers to these questions will be what sets organizations above the rest. We've had a great deal of work to do to evolve and become better. The pandemic is just forcing it more quickly than it might have occurred naturally, Now to my millennial and Gen Z listeners, I have two stories I'd like to share with you on this subject. The first was following a family vacation recently where my cousin-in-law and I were discussing this this topic surrounding current interviews for new hires for him and his company. This is a little shout out to my my cousin-in-law, Pete. In one of his recent interviews in his large insurance firm, The interviewee said that what was most important to them was work-life balance. It's a term that I'm not even sure we all even know what that means anymore, right? The interviewee was young. They had a large friend group and they were not really at this stage of life with a spouse or kids yet. Now, my cousin-in-law Pete gave him some sound advice. He told him that he was right. Work-life balance is very important. It should be a part of his consideration in any company where he interviews. He told him that as life progresses, it will become even more important. One day when you have a spouse and children, the balance will be critical when you need to work from home for sick kids or when you wanna attend or even coach your kids' sports teams or games or leave early for their conferences or because they're sick and they need you. You may need to be unavailable during the day And then make yourself available to complete your work later in the evening after they go to bed. That is real life work-life balance. That's a balance that will be aligned to your priorities and your value system when it really matters. The question you need to ask yourself is what company culture and management team can I best earn the freedom, trust, and empowerment to do that? Which one will allow me to make the responsible decision when it comes time. Which company will create that and allow that for their employees? That's how you choose where to work right now at a time when you don't necessarily need it, knowing there will be a time when you really do. I love this story, I love this advice. Staying focused on the bigger picture for what you really want will serve you so much better now and later. Now, the next story I'll share is part of a conversation I had just a few nights ago with one of our good friend's daughters. She's a senior in college, and she's now shaping her ideas of what career even looks like, what career path and finding the right job and fulfilling her passion look like. She shared with me that she thinks it's highly unlikely that anyone ever gets to find a job that they're also passionate about and fulfills them. She thought maybe the better strategy was just to get a job and find passion and fulfillment elsewhere. Obviously, she's just at the beginning of going down this path, and she'll learn a lot as she begins to explore all of this. I first told her I didn't believe that to be true at all. And she said, really? Do you think? She was very surprised. I told her I absolutely knew that finding a career that's fulfilling and fills our passions to be possible, and that I was an example of it, having found it not just one time, but twice in my life. I'm living proof of it. I watched her just take that in, knowing I was speaking the truth for myself. And she knows me, so she knows that it is true. And then I went on to say that it's a journey. Don't put so much pressure on the decision. Make a decision. Learn from it. Create relationships. Discover what you like and what you don't. Find mentors and role models and watch what inspires you. Pay attention to yourself enough to recognize when something grabs you and sparks you. That will help direct and guide you. But going in, deciding in advance that it won't be possible means you won't be watching and listening when something does grab you. And once you find it, you no longer worry so much about the work-life balance that the company gives or offers. You know from your very best and most authentic self what work-life balance needs to look like for you and for the situation you choose. And you can trust yourself that you will honor that for yourself when the time comes. And there are so many lessons that apply to all of us. Here's our takeaways. One, just because it's the way it's always been done doesn't make it right. And it doesn't mean it's the only way. And it doesn't mean that's how it should always be done, right? Number two, define what you really want from your company culture and for your career from the big picture. Defining your priorities allows laser focus without getting caught up in the weeds. And number three, no matter how many hours you choose to work per week, our careers are many times the highest percentage of time we spend doing any one thing. We all deserve to create the life we want within that very deliberately. Now, as for my opinion on quiet quitting, which by the way, applies to quiet firing too. They're the same to me. In essence, I perceive quiet quitting or quiet firing as a cop-out. It's selling yourself short and it's passive-aggressive. It's not coming up from a real and true place of empowerment that lives within you. Take your own power back. Live as if you are in control of your own outcome because guess what, you are. You can and you will create the results you have in your life, whether you are trying to or not. So why not have 100% control of your own future and path? You get to decide. Now, I've been lucky enough to create that for myself not once, but now twice, there was no more magic secret than what I just shared with you right here. In fact, learn from my mistakes along the way and make choices that align with who you are and what you most want in your lifetime earlier rather than later. I challenge each of you to allow the laser focus of that to commit yourself toward creating it for yourself. And if you love these perspectives and my approach to managing business, come check us out at Strive Leadership Development to see what our leadership certification is all about. You will love what you gain from it. That's what we have going on right now. I hope you'll join us. Follow us on all the socials and listen again next time. See you next time, guys. If this podcast helped you, we'd love for you to subscribe and share with a friend who's a work in progress too.